Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Going to have a conversation that I know, and I'm just looking at the text line, just the fact that I mentioned we were going to talk about this has a lot of people fired up, and it always does. And you know what? As I've said before, that that saddens me. It does. I don't, you know, the fact that we've made, we've made public health a, a political football and, you know, a, a badge of honor, depending on which side you're on, is just one of the more damaging effects of this pandemic as we've gone through it. But here we are again. Um, where, you know, you've heard the calls and you've read the stories, the University of Alberta Staff Association calling for a return to masking mandates, most provincial health authorities saying, you know what, we strongly recommend masks. They're not taking the step calling for mandates, but there are groups that are. So what's, we, we know there's a lot of illness, right? We know there's a lot of sick people. Um, and it's not surprising that there are public health officials, experts, doctors, saying that this is what we need to do. Let's find out exactly how we got here and what's being proposed. We're going to chat with Dr. Catherine Clace, who is a professor of medicine and an epidemiologist, a physician at McMaster University. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Now, you recently um, co-authored a piece for the conversation saying, you know what, it's time for a return to mask mandates. We need to take this step. So let's go through it. Why do you think we've reached that point? Why do you think a mask mandate is something that we need to bring in? Well, what I'm looking at are um, a few different statistics. The first stat that I always look at is COVID deaths, like direct deaths from COVID. Um, and I'm seeing um, for Alberta, I'm seeing 31 deaths a week. So that's uh, that's a substantial number of weekly deaths still occurring from COVID. I would like to see that pushed down. Is it uh, but just, then, of course, the current crisis. Yeah, sorry, go on. Is it, is it just COVID? I mean, there are so many. We no. know there's a trifecta. There's so no. much other illness. Exactly, exactly. So let's see. The next thing is the RSV and the flu. Yeah. And uh, this is particularly affecting the children's hospitals. So um, I'm in um, Ontario, but I've been looking at your news and I see that the wait times in children's hospitals are off scale. Um, I looked at your RSV stats. You've um, In Alberta, you have four times the positive lab tests compared with this time of year over the last decade four times the the number of people testing positive for RSV from what you'd expect. Uh, The graph is off scale. The flu is um, where you're at right now is higher than the peak of the last 10 years. And the peak usually happens late late December to January. So it's just like not knowing where we're going, right? Like, you know, is, you know, is this going to be it or is it just going to get worse and worse? And if there's a, a realistic possibility that it's just going to get worse and worse, then these are reasons to uh, do the things that we know uh, will reduce the spread of um, respiratory diseases. And uh, my expertise is in masks, so this is um, why I'm recommending a mask mandate. There are other things we could do, like a national ventilation strategy, 
Um, there are, you know, many other things that we could do. Um, but masks and mask mandates are things that are relatively easy to apply in real time. Um, and, and that's why I'm so glad you're here with us today, because as you know, I mean, you've lived in this world for the past few years more so than I have. And I know and fully expect it and see it now on our text line from listeners saying, masks don't work anyway. We've been proven that masks don't work. You Help us understand this. When you talk about bringing in masks, you know there's a a group of our population that will go immediately to masks don't work. We were told masks don't work. Explain how masks work and how efficient they can be. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That's exactly why I'm here. There was so much uncertainty about this at the beginning, um, and I, I was someone who recognized that uncertainty. Um, and called for masks and mask mandates, you know, given the uncertainty. But what I'd like people to know is that that is not where we are now. And people who are saying that it is where we are now, that it's still uncertain or not proven, um, are not following the science. So the first line of science I want to tell you about is just the science of how masks protect people as individuals, right? So um, there's like a logical line here. If you think that um, an N95 works on a healthcare worker, mm-hmm. and, you know, it does for sure, then, you know, what you're, you're already acknowledging that masks work, right? So then, like, relative to that, how do our masks work? Well, that's, uh, that's something that we can actually answer in the lab with filtration science. And uh, we've summarized on our website, clothmasks.org, we've summarized the filtration science for people. We have an infographic there for people to look at. But basically, it's quite an easy thing to remember. If you are using an N95 or a CAN99 with good overhead elastic that makes a snug fit to to your face, you're going to have 90% protection or above, very likely, 90%. So that's not like the 99% that a healthcare worker gets from that same mask but fit tested and, um, you know, with instruction. But 90%. You can reuse it. It it isn't going to lose its filtration efficiency very much. You can reuse it until it's soiled or damaged. Um, at 70%, the KF94s and KN95s with their ear loops, they've got quite a good fit. They've got quite a good design, um, but the ear loops mean that they don't really snap into your face and sealing at the edges. Okay. So that's like 70%. Um, and then as a medical mask, like a proper certified medical mask is coming in at around about 50%. A really good cloth mask that seals at the edges, um, particularly if it's on ties, that's coming in at 50%. All of these things, filtration science, are showing us they stop particles, they stop submicron particles, the smallest particles that we're interested in. So not all masks are created equal. I don't, I, I've never worn anything other than just the surgical masks that you can pick up at Costco. So I don't know how beneficial those have been to me. And what, I guess the question I'm asking... 50%. How much? 50%? Fifty percent, which is better than nothing. Science, it's better than nothing. Um, but if people want to um, be sure that they're having, you know, the most protection, yeah. Um, Canadian manufacturers really stepped up. N95s, can 99s they are out there. They're not like the old cup-shaped masks that you know you you see people from the 1990s wearing. They're much more comfortable. I wear one all day at work and. Um, it's, you know, it's comfortable. I have lines on my face at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but they're worth it. 
So I would say to people, you know, check out a better mask. Check out um, N95. They they cost a few dollars, and I realize that that's a resource issue for many people. I think it would be great if um, government would think about actually providing them in the way that we were provided with rapid tests, in the way that Paxlovid is free. We could pick up N95s at the drugstore if we can't afford them. Um, but you're not taking with my healthcare workers anymore. That's the important thing to know. Yeah, that 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 ships. We're not worried about that anymore. Uh, and I guess the yeah. last question here, doctor, is you know, and I know, you're speaking from the science-based perspective, and you can quote all the stats in the world. Some people aren't going to believe them. Um, when, that's the question. When we talk about a mandate rather than saying, you know what, we strongly recommend this, we know some people are not, you know, you can call it sort of a, a political badge of honor on both sides of the spectrum. Some people uh, just will not do it. I mean, in terms of the mandating, the, the, the benefit to the political ramifications, and I don't know, being a scientist, how interested you are in that versus the public health benefits, how do we walk that line? Because that's the big issue. Yeah, I, I think that that's really, really important. The, the piece that I think is missing is people having confidence in masks, people knowing, you know, what I just said about the filtration science and then knowing that the epidemiology matches that. Like, you know, we see a graded improvement in people's protection according to which mask they were wearing. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that, you know, there is a large randomized control, control trial conducted in Bangladesh, but it showed that masks make a difference. So, you know, we we have all the pieces now, and I think what's needed is for people who are uh, influential with people who in the past have not wanted to wear masks, for people who are influential to um, stand up and say, you know, we're not where we were before. Things are not uncertain anymore. We, We have this evidence from filtration science from epidemiology, and we have a very large RCT, they all point in the same direction. Masks work, they protect the wearer, they reduce the contamination of the environment, which means that they protect everybody, Um, and mask mandates work, because the way that masks work the very best is when everybody wears a mask. Dr. Kleist, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for allowing me to talk about this, and um, all the best to all of you there. Thank you so much. That is Dr. Catherine Clays, who is a professor of medicine, an epidemiologist, a physician at McMaster University. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.